We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Roots podcast. This episode, who gives Does a it matter? I think it's uh, eighty-seven, if I'm not mistaken. But whatever. It's a uh, it's an episode of great heartache. I'm mad that we even have to do this. I texted you during the Bears game or right after the Bears game that I don't think I could pod this week. Um, I stand behind that statement. So if at any point you hear a faint snoring, uh, if at any point you just, I just if I just hear a hang up, I'm just gonna kind of. Try and wrap it yeah, up. Just, that, that, that'll just be my bring key. Us home. I'll just go into straight yeah, and shut it down yeah, mode, and then home. we're just gonna we're gonna call it a day. Because I couldn't. If you wanted to hang up right now and do that, and I wanted to shut it down mode, I don't think anybody listening to this podcast could really blame us. It's really been a bit of a roller coaster emotionally. Uh, obviously, the uh, the levels of grief that you deal with as a fan, uh, the heartbreak, and the immediacy of the season being over. Followed by the how did that happen, what just happened, followed by sleep, followed by waking up frustrated, angry, uh, followed by what could have we done differently, followed by digging into the tape, where did this go wrong, and there's a number of different areas, we'll get to that, followed by... Oh. Um, I got to do a radio spot yesterday oh, that in fun. town here and vent a little bit, so that kind of helped me. But then I woke up again today, like well, we should be we should be gearing up for for a matchup in L.A. And not only uh, to to make it personal and about me here for a second, I was I was ready to open up tabs and look at tickets at the Coliseum. Quick drive down PCH, we go watch our Bears in the mm-hmm. divisional round. It was it was all right there for the taking, and uh, here we are trying to put a bow on uh, the 2018 football season. I'm going to give you a quick bonus buy or sell right here off the top of the bat. Whatever. That is the most heartbreaking loss you've experienced as a sports fan. Couldn't buy it anymore. I've, and I I've went gone out. through several of these in my head because, you know, as, as Chicago what fans, as Notre Dame fans, we've experienced quite a few of them. The Bush the, Bush? The, so the, that was the, the only the, other one that came to mind? The two I put up there with it, but the, this one still... Uh, is number one for me. The Bush Bush, obviously, that one, that one was was absolutely heartbreaking. Ripped my heart out. This Forever one's still worse. Game seven against the Kings stung. That one was game bad. seven. Oh yes, the game seven against the Kings. Of, um, the the uh, Nicoletti. The only reason yeah, that th- that one would have been worse, but the fact that you know the Hawks won cups around it, and you know yeah. that would have been just a nice little bonus. Sure, that might have been three in a row. That would have been cool. This was. And- this was game, like this was it. Game seven against the Kings, knowing that um, that that's probably another yeah, that was the right cup. there. That's the dynasty. Um, I, I totally get that. Is, but this my one's and number I, one, and it's this is one I A, only, one B, one C, one D, two, yeah. whatever. This is. I can only speak for me on here, but my Bears fandom far supplants my my Hawks fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, you know, the Hawks obviously have a way of. <laughs> Um, giving us great moments, but then in between them, we had those moments of heartbreak, like yeah. you said. But at the same time, I can get over a Hawks loss much quicker um, than I can get over a Bears loss in this type of situation. This stinks. You know, this this absolutely stinks. This will stay with me until opening kick or until camp Honestly, next this year is gonna stay when you with really got to exercise those demons. This but stays with said, me longer, th- longer than that. This this stays with me until I know they're in forever. the playoffs next year, honestly. Yeah. This, this, is, this is a forever thing. And what I said yesterday when I was um, doing this this little radio spot, and I, I made that same um, that same 
claim that this is by far the worst sports heartbreak that I've ever experienced is the fact that it was so finite is the fact that, you know, you, you can talk about Bartman for Cubs fans. Well, you still had the rest of that game in game seven. You mm-hmm. can talk about other moments. Um, you still had the opportunity to get on the right side of things. This is how the season ends was, was a crossbar was a, was a field goal post and a crossbar. And just to give you an idea of where I was at, I did not see the crossbar. No one because did. I was, I was on my hands and knees before it hit the cross. Like I knew he pulled it when it left his foot. I said he pulled it the second it hit that upright. I was on the floor. Like I, I did I, not see the crossbar. So this was even more torturous for me, Joe. I had to then work an hour and a half long post game show on it and just watch the kick uh, about a million more times and listen to people uh, talking about the kick and write graphics about the kick. Uh, that was bad for me, but like I, I saw that and I, I, I heard the first doink and I saw it go kind of, like, it didn't come back out. And usually when that doesn't come right back out, that means it doinks right in. in. And yeah. I, for, I, for a second with a couple other guys in, inside the control room, all thought it went in and then you see the refs going, no. And it was just, mm-hmm. I've had some moments in my life where you know, the heart just kind of, your heart drops, you kind of feel it in your fingers, your arms, whatever, just kind of nothing there. That was the worst I've ever experienced. And then I had to go and start just furiously typing graphics for about an hour <laughs> straight. And I'm shocked I didn't make a mistake because I was so out of it. It wasn't like I was just, I was a robot at that point. Like I was lifeless. There was nothing behind my eyes. Can I we credit gone. you with the term double doink? Can we say that that was a Matt Rooney? Uh, oh, no, that's been, that's been floating around for a, a long time more than me. I wish I could yeah, take credit for that. Okay, thank you. We'll, we'll, con- we'll attribute to the Moose and Runes pod. So uh, the people out there obviously have had their own experience with this moment and we'll have to uh, reconcile with it over time, Matt. But let's dig into the actual nuts and bolts of the game, starting with Cody Parkey. Let's start with Cody Parkey. Let's work backwards because the Bears had multiple opportunities to win this game at multiple moments. But let's start with this missed kick. Um, What do you make of the tip? Does this give it doesn't you any do sort anything of, for it? It really doesn't. Does it it doesn't me. give me any closure. I'm, yes, it was tipped, Joe. You, it hit the very top of a finger. You know, of, you're a prof- that, I, that's yes, great. Maybe it did change and the also, trajectory. Like that, I, th- I, I don't really like Jay Feely. I've never been a big fan of his, his personality, Twitter, whatever. But he was a pro kicker and does know about kicking in the NFL. And he basically had a tweet after. He's like, Tipped or not, like that's it. even if that was tipped, that's still on the kicker because there was zero penetration. They had their blocking. You have it, it's you're forty one yards not, away, yeah, it, and you're it's a not professional a, kicker. It's not a get the ball up in the air. It's not a fifty two yard field goal where you got to get everything into it. You kind of have to. No. You, you might need to start it out low to get as much power on. No, no, this is. This is a seven iron. You're, you're, you're getting under it. You're, you're getting, you know, you're playing the wind, whatever. You're getting under it. You're getting it into the wind and letting it go in. You're not trying to line drive and kill it. And I'm not a kicker. I, I know that. I'm not trying to act like I am. But if I see people like that on Twitter, professional kickers, saying, like, no. this is how it's done, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. When I'm hitting my approach shot from, you know, 180, 170 or whatever, I'm not putting everything I have into it and starting a low stinger. I'm kind of throwing it up there and trying to get it to land soft because I know I don't have to murder this ball. To further extend that metaphor, Matt, I made I made the comparison. This is a golf spot. People forget that. <laughs> on the two made kicks earlier in the game, which I believe were from 30-something. They were 36, 39, something like that. Yeah. 36, 39. 
Both of those went through the trees too. He was kicking those through arms, driving it low. And I made the comparison that he looks so uncomfortable that that's that little slappy heel cut mm-hmm. that you push out there when you can't find a fairway. Yeah. I felt like this was Cody Parkey not swinging his leg and guiding it out there to try and keep it between the uprights. Both of those 30, mid 30 yarders didn't get through halfway up the uprights. Yeah. Those just they got were kind of line drives. As middle. did the make before the icing that was a line drive that got there by about three yards now cody parkey makes this kick we're having a completely different conversation and unfortunately we have to have this conversation but at the end of the day if you i don't care if you miss 10 or 11 kicks on the season you gotta be able to drive it from 41 yards. You've got to yeah. be able to get it up in the air. Excuse me, not drive it from 41 yards. If your max distance is 51 yards, you cannot be the kicker of my football. Team. I, I'm with you. You are not a NFL kicker. If your max distance is 51 yards, we have guys hitting 70 yarders pregame. Justin Tucker steps out on the field and hits 70 yarders every week, pending the weather. There is another echelon of kicker that if you want to be elite, you have to step into that echelon as a front office and find a guy who can do that. I know they're few and far between the 70 yarder guys, Mm -hmm. but there are big legs out there. I suppose that there are punters in the league who can hit more consistently from 40 to 50 yards. I really do think that. I don't, I I don't even know what else to say anymore. I agree with everything you said. I, 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 it's not a good look for me because I'm on a podcast where we talk about the Bears, but everything you said was right. You're spot on. There's there's nothing more really to say about Cody Park. He sucked, and not, nothing he really – even when he was making kicks this year, none of them were all that definitive, looking all that great, whatever. I don't I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I just – it seems wrong. It seems couple done more, early. I don't know. Po- you tell you, – you, 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 Tell me. No, what I, I, think, I think we're on the same page with a lot of these things here. But I'm um, speechless. Couple if more you can't angles. Tell, I'm still speechless. Couple more angles from uh, from the Parky situation. Bears fans obviously letting him know how they felt. Obviously, on social media, you stop short of threatening. Yeah, if if life you're one of those well people being. threatening his family and his wife, go get a life. Like honestly, seriously, it, figure it, there's no place I don't for like that. The guy. I don't like. I don't, actually, I don't know the guy, so I don't know if I like the guy. I don't like how good, how bad he is at kicking. I don't like he was the Bears kicker, but like, come on. But but my my question was going to be the holier than thou sports analysts who don't who weren't emotionally distraught by this the way Bears fans were. Um, we're coming at the Bears fans in the building for booing him. On oh, the way that's off totally the field. different. I think you earn those boos. Mm-hmm. I think you you get paid to do a job. You didn't do your job. You're not an accountant. Okay, you're going to earn some boos. You're a professional athlete. I have no problem with Cody Parkey being booed off the field. There, uh, call me heartless. Call me whatever you want. I think those are all earned. It's pro sports in the stadium. I mean, as long as you're not throwing stuff at him, if you're just booing him because you're pissed he missed the kick, that's totally fine. And you know what? If, if this was, if Cody Parkey had been 29 of 30 all year and made a bunch of clutch kicks and was fantastic all season and then missed this one no. for whatever reason. This was okay. Then fir- I, then I'm not fears affirmed. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying feeling. is like, if that were the, if that were the case, you're great all year, missed one kick and you know, something happened. Yeah. And you earn yourself a little slack. He's probably not getting booed off the field. It's just more silence. But the fact is he did this all season. I mean, I know a lot of those missed kicks where it came in all in, in one game for not all in one game. Cause he missed 11 of them. Apparently um, a, a lot of them came in that seven, one Lions game, seven but, field goals, four extra points. 
the writing was kind of on the wall. I mean, he had a nice game, bounce back game against the Vikings after that, but each of the last two weeks, he, I mean, he has missed field goals. He missed a 30 some yarder against the Niners. I think he missed a short 40 yarder against the Vikings. Like this isn't, this shouldn't have been breaking news to the, to the front office. And it, it's so ironic that this came like literally all year. The one thing we're talking about just about every week when the bears will want a close game or if they lost a close games, well, you know what? Mitch hasn't really, you know, had a chance to bring them back, you know, be it, be a guy leading a drive that, you know, puts the game away from behind, you know, come back, win, whatever. And he did that. He put the, he he, this, this is the first time that he actually had a chance coming from behind under a minute, like, we need to go. We need to run a two-minute drill. We need to get down the field. He did that. He made a couple unbelievable now, throws. And now, kudos, kudos to uh, Tariq Cohen for putting us in fantastic oh, absolutely. field position Tariq, there. Tariq Cohen and, started and that off. And, you know, hey, maybe but you should have touched the ball a couple more times. I don't care if the game. drive's 90 yards no, no, or but all I'm it, saying like a 35-yard drive. He made saying, two big-time yeah. throws with against the clock. He's and that, That's why this is so ironic to me because this is the one thing Bears fans have been asking for all year. and it, like This was... This was kind of the one thing. I'm not saying Mitch is going to be, you know, a top five NFL elite quarterback, but this is the one thing that, you know, really all the Mitch haters kind of had left to grasp on was like, mm-hmm. you know, well, he can't do it in the clutch. He's never done it in the clutch. You know, he did it in the clutch. He made he threw two, the ball down field. The, the, he dispelled the, the throw, all. He threw to Robinson to split the cover two down the sideline. That's an Aaron Rodgers throw. And I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers going to make that every time, but that, that is an Aaron Rodgers. That's a Tom Brady throw. That's not a throw everybody can make. And he made it perfectly. He dropped it. I know he's going up against banged up secondary. I don't care. They were playing cover two. That couldn't have been dropped more perfectly for Allen Robinson. The, the ball, the Bellamy yeah. was right there. Uh, I saw somebody ripping him for not finding Anthony Miller for the touchdown on the last play before the field goal, but that's just a stupid that comment. Wasn't he was, the, that wasn't the intention it, of that it play. Was throw, it the at the back, of that play was throw it at the back line of the end zone. If he comes down with a great, if not, it's out of bounds, then we're kicking. See, the way, have a kicker. the way I saw that play was throw this deeper than he can – throw this to where he can't get to it and see if we get a P.I. flag yeah. and the ball placed on the one. That's what I saw in that play. Also a fair and, I, and, I, and I liked – I liked that strategy out of oh, Matt yeah, Nagy, absolutely. but that strategy only had to be implemented after you mismanaged your timeouts. That's which let's get off of Parky here because everyone has their feelings about it. Let's talk about the rest of the game. Um, let's work backwards. Sure. I thought that they played one good quarter of football. I'd say one as, and a half as, a, as a collective. Mm-hmm. As a collective, yes, maybe one and a half. The third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter. The first half is on Matt Nagy. I hated the play calling in the first half. Mm-hmm. I thought he was conservative. I thought he did not test a banged-up secondary. We did not stretch the ball downfield until the second half. Now, if that's trying to keep Mitch Trubisky out of situations where he has a large opportunity to fail, I get that. But you have to stretch the field. You have to extend the defense. Our most successful plays were pretty straightforward run plays, and we leaned on that more than I think we have all season. Mm-hmm. There was no innovation in play calling. And I think that hampered us in the first half. You get into the second half, you get into the third quarter, you start moving Taylor Gabriel around, things start opening up, you hit a couple of nice passes, you score a touchdown. It looked like the Bears in the third quarter and in the early fourth. Then you get into the fourth quarter, and I think this was a product of both a coach that had never been there and a roster that had largely never been there. Guys got tight. The play calling went bad again. The clock management went bad. It was all the signs of a team uncomfortable in the situation. 
I hated from seven minutes in, from six minutes in, when they got the ball and the defense forced the three and out after the touchdown drive and the Bears had just taken the lead. Mm-hmm. I get it. You're backed up inside your own red zone. You're going to run the ball three times. It does not have to be an ISO and two powers. It does not have to be like that because you're not going to get a first down that way. You still have to have the objective be a first down, even if you're keeping the ball on the ground. Maybe run a screen. Maybe do something a little bit different to go get that first down and not only chew more clock, but put Pat O'Donnell in a better position than sub-20 to punt the ball. Now, Pat O'Donnell standing back there, I don't care if you're on your own one with your heels on the end line, you have to hit a better punt. Pat O'Donnell hits a terrible punt. That leads to the defense coming out on a short field. I don't care defense. If you have a short field, if you have a long field, you're the Chicago Bears defense, you make a stop in this moment. I totally get it. They drive down the field. Okay, we have an opportunity here. We make three great stops, and on fourth down, you need just one more. I don't care, Sheriff McManus, or whoever it was that, I think it was McManus in the slot. I believe you're right. I'm not positive, but I think you're right. I I don't care. You cannot hesitate off the snap. Your guy's not going to beat you vertically. He's going to do two things from the inside, from those two slot positions. It's going to either be a pick play working towards the sideline or a series of slants coming inward. They're not going to throw a straight seam route up the field. You never see that on a one step from the one yard line. It's going to be a pass play. It's either going to work inside or it's going to work outside. You cannot widen your feet and wait. He lost on the snap there. He widened his feet. He waited. He didn't react. He didn't ignite contact of any kind. He let him get two steps to the outside and beat him to the pylon. You need to win that one-on-one matchup. Okay, now we're in a situation where we're looking at a deficit. Then you go into, you know, the clock management, the Mitch decisions, and Mitch, I think, mm-hmm. was the only one that, that made the right decisions in the last six minutes. It's just frustrating. You go even further back and look at the two-point conversion. Um, that really would have changed the, the the outcome. I don't know about the outcome, but the um, the way this one shook out because of uh, the decisions that the Eagles would have then had to make, or we're looking at overtime, or we're looking at a completely different situation. But you running Khalil Mack back and forth on the field isn't cute to me. And it's not worrying to me if I'm a defense. How many passes has Khalil Mack caught in his career? And it's not even like a a tackle eligible thing where it is a possibility. Khalil Mack is of no concern to me coming out of the backfield. Okay, you want to whip Khalil Mack back and forth to try and get them to move or show something? I get it. If you're still going to hand the ball off, don't hand it to Taylor Gabriel. Hand it to Jordan Howard. These were bad decisions and big moments by our head coach. And I think that it showed a little bit of cracks in his game plan or in his decision-making in the biggest moments. So I, I put a little bit of blame on Matt Nagy. I put a little bit of blame on the defense. I put a little bit of blame on Cody Parkey. I put a little bit of blame everywhere. But this was a poorly orchestrated seven minutes of football by the Chicago Bears. I'm going to agree with everything you just said except for one. The, the, the two-point conversion play to me, I didn't love, but I also I didn't. I wasn't stomping my feet and saying, wow, I hate that call. I think that was terrible. I, I'm with you on – I didn't get why – It's not both, the best you had, and we it, need the best you had from you, there. I let you – you know, I just want to – Go talk, ahead. I want to touch on one thing. I don't love sending Mac, you know, to the outside or whatever because if you send him out in motion to the outside, you're not throwing a fade to Khalil Mack. So that, that. that said, my, my thought process was if you're trying to, you know, get – 
Taylor Gabriel going lateral on kind of one of those pitches underneath. He's been really good at those that excuse me that those all season he's kind of had some success doing that and in a two-point conversion setting while you're trying to get outside and then get back up taylor gabriel a is small so he can kind of sneak behind the line a little bit get lost when you have those two you know offensive defensive line going at it and also for as small as he is that guy's hard nose and gets a lot of tough yards i had no problem with getting him the ball underneath and trying to find a seam and slipping through that that's not that was not a big issue for me, but I, I do agree with you. I don't mind having the def- defensive players in there to just kind of make them think about it, whatever, because you actually have gone to them at certain points this year and it's worked out. But sending Khalil Mack, you know, way out, I don't really understand that point because that it pretty much just says you're not going to him. Now we know it's staying inside. Yeah, I, I didn't get that at all. It's, um, but I mean, Matt Nagy didn't have his best game. I, I, I think that's absolutely. Uh, obvious um i i still think i'm still obviously very high on where he's going to be going forward i think whether it's not an excuse i think this is probably for him mentally as a coach who tends to outthink himself a lot i think we saw that a lot throughout the season uh didn't really come back to bite him i i think having a matchup against a guy like doug peterson who knows the way he thinks very well might have twisted and not making an excuse i'm, I'm just saying what i think happened i, th- I think that maybe twisted Matt Nagy's brain up a little bit even further where he thought he had to kind of mix things up even more. But it, the, the the play calling kind of seemed like the season in a nutshell to me. He kind of started out the season very conservative. You, you could tell some of the calls in Green Bay, some of the calls early on were like, I'm running these plays now to set things up in the future. And I, I think he held on to those a little bit too long in the, in this game. I think he did that for the entire first half. Whereas if you want to call some things early on in a game to set them up later, okay, you do that in the first quarter, you do that on the first couple of drives, you get in what you need to, but you don't basically sacrifice an entire half to set up another team for essentially one quarter of football, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that, you know, you make good points there, but championship coaches stay in their game plan. Yes, you're I agree. trying to find you're trying to find, That's, find I'm not an disagreeing edge. There. You're trying to find an edge and you're trying to find maybe a place that you can out coach the guy. But if that is your focus, you've already lost. Yeah. And um, I, again, that's not, I want to make that clear. I'm not making an excuse. I'm not saying that's you know, justified or a good reason, but, for it, but I'm saying yeah, that's what I think where, happened. Where the, now I hope um, going forward that after this season, after he has a time to kind of reflect, look back and be like, Oh, this is what happened when I, you know, followed my play card and I was just me, you know, be you on his play card. And I just was doing what I was doing was calling my plays. We were better than they were. We were moving the ball. We were attacking. We were going up to our – Allen Robinson had 10 receptions. I think it was 16 targets. You could have added 10 more targets onto him for me, and I would have been fine with that. Avante Maddox has done a nice job filling in for their injured secondary. He's not Allen Robinson. He struggled with double moves. He still struggled when they had one-on-one coverage. Just keep going to Allen Robinson. Um, but hopefully they can use that as some confidence going forward, and hopefully next year, if and when the Bears are back in this situation – this sucks right now, and I'm not saying I'm. You got to use this as a learning experience somehow, and, and I hope Matt Nagy more than anybody else is able to use this game as a learning experience for himself. Yes, and I agree with that. And I know that the Bears' window is just opening, and they have a, a great core it's, locked up through that's, 2020. That's it's, great, but it's fantastic. But these opportunities don't yeah. just come by you saw how hard it was to get to this point this season and yes it far surpassed our expectations of this season but expectations change as you win ball games i mean the, the eagles are no a perfect example of that 
the Eagles last year didn't play a first place schedule. They kind of didn't come out of nowhere, but they were a lot better than people thought they were going to be. They looked really good, and rightfully so. They were really good. They went on to win the Super Bowl this year. They played a first place schedule. They were nine and seven. They had to scrape their way into the playoffs, and now they're moving on. Yeah, but when you have these, you know, last place schedules and your team's good, obviously you should go about ten and six. You should. Bears ended up being even better than that. But next year, I mean, you saw who they're playing. They're gonna. Ha- it's not going to come this easy again. This is hopefully the last time. The last time the Bears are playing a last place schedule, so it's not going to be a walk in the park anymore. Yes, indeed. Um, we're just gonna have to sit, wait, and watch. But uh, it is a long off season, no doubt. Uh, letting this one fester, letting this one stew. It's uh, unfortunate that we find ourselves in this situation and not getting ready for uh, LA Rams team. Um, but uh, we will never know. This Robbie, Robbie Gold being in the building too was just that. Yeah, that's come poetic on, man. justice right there. Yeah, but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully Robbie maybe as a free agent. Uh, hey Robbie, if you want to take, a, I don't know. I don't know. You want to come back home? We we can't pay a ton, but if you you want to come back home, <laughs> I said we could crowdsource the rest of Parky's money if we can get it off the books. Oh, that's no, oh, that's not that won't be a problem. <laughs> I don't I don't think they'll have any yeah. issue paying that man. Have to go we? Away. Have we missed anything here? We're going to touch upon so, uh, this game, obviously, this throughout is, segments and whatnot. This but, will uh, be my, my last question to you about it. Yeah, this go ahead. Back to Parky. This is going back throughout the year. Obviously, the, this, the writing was on the wall with Cody Parky throughout the year. He was not consistent. Would you have at least brought Bye. in other other kickers? Like, I'm not saying – like I'm good, I'm glad he said that because basically where I was going. I'm not saying that he automatically should have been cut on the spot after Detroit or after some important missed kicks, but the fact that – they never once decided we're going to bring in other kickers for a tryout it is an issue from, and I, I know you want to be loyal to whatever, but loyalty it doesn't get you anywhere in the NFL really to, to players at least. And I, it sucks to say, but for the most part, being loyal to Cody Parkey is why the bears are no matter what happened throughout the game, no matter how the bears got to where they were, they had a 43 yard field goal to win the football game. As much went wrong as we said it did, they had a 43 yard field goal to win the kickoff game. And the reason they're not, playing next week is because they were loyal to what's Kobe your question Parkey. what's your would question? you have at least brought in kickers at some point throughout the year i think if you bring in kickers you have to move on from cody parkey you can't Do bring you? in kickers and then not move on from cody parkey I, because you're already dealing with a fragile psyche obviously well, well maybe then that Detroit leads game. to it i mean but if, if you can't do de- if if you miss four freaking field goals in a week two extra points i think you have to move goals. on I think you have to move on in that moment. And I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but I was calling for it back then as well. I think you have to move on from a kicker who has a game like that because historically, those guys struggle for the rest of the season. Not many guys have four missed days and get it right between the ears by the end of the season. It's just not how kickers work. And I understand it's high-pressure situation that cannot be recreated in pretty much any sporting circumstance outside of a 10-footer to win the Masters. You know, there is no finite moment where it's you and the ball and the game on the line. Uh, Maybe free throws in the NBA with no clock left, but how often do we see that moment? It is an unbelievable pressure situation. And if you have a guy that's dealing with things between his ears, let alone physically, he is going to come back and he is going to haunt you at some point. Unfortunately, it haunted us in the biggest moment of the season, I think, 
hindsight obviously being 2020 you have to move on from that kicker during the regular season is the grass always greener who are your options yes that does matter who are you going to go out and get who's sitting on the street who's better than cody parkey that's a very short list probably but you got to ride a hot hand and and if cody parkey's hand isn't hot and, and you recognize that during the season yes you bring kickers in you look at them you move on I just, I'm done. I, I've been, I'm exhausted from this. As am I. Um, but we got to talk more football here. Whatever. National championship Not taking a fine. national championship taking an odd turn yesterday with a 44 to 16 route of the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide. Uh, the Clemson Tigers taking the mantle of the team to beat. I believe uh, at least going into next season. What did to. you make of? What did you make of last night's blowout? Uh, Trevor Lawrence, fantastic. I believe 347 yards, three touchdowns, mm-hmm. no turnovers, unflappable in the moment. Uh, it looked like uh, it looked like a track meet with football pads there for the first 16 minutes, and then the Clemson defense figured it out. The Bama defense obviously did not. 30 unanswered points uh, for the Clemson Tigers. It was odd because, like, the, the I don't want to say early, but the, like, the very first drive of the game when Clemson started with the ball, we kind of wondered when we were going to start seeing Trevor Lawrence freshman moments. He actually saw a couple on that drive. I think he airmailed like a uh, either a quick out or I yeah, he squeezed it a little like, early. He he had a couple bad throws. They had a quick three and out, and like you were, that's when I at least started wondering. I think I actually said it to my brother and then Rob, who was here watching, like there might be the the Trevor Lawrence freshman performance. Like here come those moments, and then you got the pick six, and that apparently seemed to just take all the weight off his shoulders. Even when Bama went right back down and scored. Um, I, I think my biggest takeaway is Clemson's going to be good for a really long time. At least that offense yeah. is. Just Obviously, their team is because Dabo recruits hell as well as Nick Saban does now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is a true freshman, and Justin Ross, who I thought was at number eight, that wide receiver, I thought every bit as much of an MVP of that game as Trevor Lawrence was. Also a freshman, he made some insane catches down the sideline. I think he had two touchdowns. That kid is going to be an absolute star too. Like the, the young talent. T. On, Higgins like, is a sophomore. The offensive talent on talent. In, yeah, they're, they're losing Renfro. They're losing Etienne. But like, you can get, you can find other running backs. Like, I, yeah. obviously, he's very good. But those come along a little bit easier than huge playmaking wide receivers. And, well, and that, that offense saw, is going to be good. As you saw with the young playmaking wide receivers that you had, Hunter Renfro had a couple big catches last night, but he was he not did. as necessary no. as in years past. Well, I'm, um, I'm, no, I'm sure that's, in uh, Lawrence's junior year, Hunter Renfro will still be finding ways to make some big catches. He'll find some loopholes to be back for the next two years. I, I don't doubt it. Um, my, my other takeaway, which I kept coming back to, and this is a little bit more selfish, Joe, is that uh-huh. Trevor Lawrence and this team in 2020 come to Notre Dame Stadium as juniors. And that terrifies me. Yeah. That terrifies yeah, me. That's all I want to skip say. that yeah. one. Maybe uh, I'll, uh, obviously I'll, I'll a lot can do. happen. I'll Maybe we just need to cut that. his hair. He's like, uh, what was the biblical illusion there? I believe uh, who got his strength from hair? Samson. I think Samson was the one who got Good his strength from his your, hair. Uh, your Bible and, then, and then he got his hair cut and he thought he didn't have the power, but the Lord uh, recognized within him that the power was within. So we need to find him right in that moment of doubt right yeah, after okay. the haircut. So basically cut the hair somehow. You know, how, did you ever see the, you know, the old show on MTV, Jackass, where some, they come up with the clippers behind his hair and you know do uh-huh. that? We need, to, we need to get someone in the Clemson like right locker room before. Right, be, no, right, right before that right game before starts. Kick, like, okay, in, in really room, throw like, him. They're five minutes before taking the field. Just kind of do that right to the, to the end. Maybe then we win. I don't know. Uh, but that's far off. More more importantly, last night, um, Tua, 
on the other side of things, it, he looked like a quarterback who hadn't really taken a meaningful snap all season. If that may, I, obviously he took meaningful snaps because Alabama didn't start out winning games forty-five to nothing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he looked like a kid who never really took an important snap throughout the year, and he took a couple against Georgia too, and ended up got hurt, got pulled, whatever. But he was terrible in that game. Um, I still think he's a very talented, very good quarterback, but it's going to be important for them to figure out some ways to get this kid, you know, taking more meaningful snaps. Even in the Georgia game, like he came in down twenty to seven, and there's not much pressure when you come into. Obviously, it's a national championship, so there's pressure because of that it's the biggest stage. But you're also down thirteen points, so if you don't play well, no one's going to think twice about it. They're just going to say, "Well, he was down 13. There's nothing to do." I was um, very underwhelmed by Tua last night, and. Not I think to, Tua's. It, I don't, don't want to get too far off the these guys' stories. Tua, Tua likes him some Tua a little bit more than I think. Tua's reading his own press clippings a little bit, and I think that started a little bit after last year and early into this year. I, I don't know why I get yeah, that sense that could, from him throughout part of it. through what I see in the media, through how he talks. I, I don't. Tua seems to love himself some Tua, and I'm not sure if that's a thing I'm just noticing, but. The more this season has gone on, the more you've heard the praise of how great he is and how he hasn't even had to play in a fourth quarter because he, you know, he's still, you know, lighting it up. How does that make you great? Yeah, I, uh-huh. I, it, it's he just there was an air of confidence, and then it almost turned into arrogance, in my opinion. I don't really know. Maybe that's just personality. I don't know the kid. I don't want yeah, to take too you many might be shots. Read between the lines there, but I, what I was going to say is, is last night we got to see Tua Tagovailoa through the lens of Trevor Lawrence, and not to be. You know, too bullish on Trevor Lawrence, but you hear the way everyone talks about him. You see what you see. He's six foot six. He's a freshman. It's all there. I don't know if I've ever seen a more complete quarterback prospect so young. And we got to see him play against the guy who everyone was gushing about for the last 365, 400 days. And I think you saw a lot of holes in one guy's game because you didn't see many in the other. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about draft classes, and I know they're not in the same one, but I think you're going to see some teams waiting for Trevor Lawrence rather than taking a, a shot at a guy like Tua. Because, you know, when was the last time a six-foot lefty was successful in the NFL? And not to get too hard, far ahead of ourselves here, but I, I don't know what the, the NFL future looks like for Tua Tagovailoa. No, I don't. It, I, I'm with you, and it was... Before that game, I think anybody saying would have said, you know, if Tua went pro today, he'd be the number one draft pick. But last night, especially like you said, going up against the guy in Trevor Lawrence, who is, you know, on all accounts, basically last year's Tua, the, the the talk of all of college football, whatever. Like you started to see some of the holes in Tua's game because he was going up against Trevor Lawrence, the who is your prototypical quarterback. I mean, if you could draw up a number one draft pick, if you created a number one pick in Madden. Like you would have come up with Trevor Lawrence, hell, even the name you probably might have come up with. But like, I think you saw a lot of flaws into his game. Like you said, he's a six foot lefty, and short quarterbacks have succeeded in the NFL. But it's not all that common that those guys go on to have incredibly long and great careers. They kind of tend to be more flash in the pan guys. I mean, I still think he's a first round pick next year, a top five pick, whatever. But there's a lot more doubt after last night's game than there really ever has been, and rightfully so. Absolutely. Um, Matt, uh, I'm losing steam here. I don't know if you could tell. Uh, I'm still an emo- a man emotionally broken. but uh, I'm at the point in my, my sports fandom where I just have the MLB network on my TV at all times, <laughs> hoping to see that the White Sox have signed Manny Machado. Yeah, not yet. Not, not anything that I've seen. No, but, but we've uh, signed his brother-in-law and his best friend. 
So yeah, so uh, that leads us to our next little segment here: things we missed while watching football. What did you miss this 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 football season, Matt? Um, any uh, any births? I don't think so. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. If I did, sorry. Apologies. Um, yeah. Uh, the Bulls stink, really stink, and now like it stinks because like I actually have to kind of pay more attention to them now that there's no bear, that there's no Bears. Yeah. Um, I, I won't lie to you. Over the last couple weeks, I haven't been as diligent with my Blackhawks as normal, but they're actually becoming a little bit more fun. They're they're back to where I thought they'd be at the beginning of the season, the fun competitive team who might not win much. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's about all I got. I think. I mean, baseball. Obviously, we got some free agency stuff coming here. If the White Sox sign Manny Machado, that won't make it better, but it will. Like take maybe one thorn out of my paw. I don't really know. How about yourself? What do, what do you got going on over there? I don't know. The Kings won last night. I, I bet Kings on that. That was night. cool. The, the first half, two and a half, couldn't have been more free. So, I mean, um, the, the game, four and a half, couldn't have been better. Yeah, but you know, if you if you want a little intel, if you ever need a little Sacramento Kings intel, of course you, I do. You know, you know the guy Orlando on a West Coast back to back, quick turnaround. The Kings coming off a nice day of rest, four-game losing streak against four of the best teams in the West. They really wanted to get right. It had all the makings of a first-half boat race. That's what it turned into. Um, yeah, Kings have been good. I think, uh, what else did we miss during football season? Uh, I think, uh, Who knows? I think there was a season of the Kardashians. that Something like that. Uh, up on. The Bachelor started, uh, apparently. I hear people see people bachelor tweeting. Started are you a Bachelor night. guy? You strike me as a I'm not. I, I, I used big... to be. I've watched seasons in the past. I watched the uh, the Rogers Brothers season. Um, I don't. Shelby, Shelby, my girlfriend, was into that one, so I watched that season with her, and uh, I got super into it, too, but that was, that was it for me. I was a flash in the pan when it came to The Bachelor. You know who's a big Bachelor fan? That this won't surprise you when Rob? I tell you. No, Rob. Rob does not watch The Bachelor. Actually, that that is kind of surprising because he's a huge fan of rom coms, and that's basically what The Bachelor is. Outside pleasure. Um, <laughs> regular contributor to the pod, Phil Goff, is a a loyal okay. viewer. And again, not surprising when I say that. No, not a, uh, not in the least. Loyal viewer, tweeter, social media poster about The Bachelor. Big on it. I, I saw him tweeting a little bit last night, but that was a. Uh, that, that caught my eye a little bit. Um, I know you're not a big fan of it, but Game of Thrones uh, is. We, we got the release date for that. We've, we've seen a little bit of a, a teaser for it. I know our, our buddy Chris Sims over, I think they got the, the Deep Thrones pod. They're really excited about that. I'm excited about uh, Game of Thrones coming up. That's, that's in April. Uh, so what am I going to do for four months? I don't really know. Well, I don't know. Uh, I think bil- Billions comes back. I'm a Billions guy. I, think billions. I, gotta, I don't watch Billions because I see how much Cap tweets about it, and I think he goes over the top with how, telling me how great it is, so I want to be against the, the cause yeah, there, don't, and I don't watch don't it. Don't let him do that. Don't let him, don't let him ruin your don't let him ruin your, your experience, My whatever. your television-watching experience. But, uh, As you can tell, listeners, we've lost a lot of steam, and if you have too, I can't really blame you. Hey, speaking of steam, we got some hot steam for you, Matt. We're uh, still betting on some golf balls here. Matt went 2-0 this weekend with his picks. I went 1-1. One one. Uh, we're going against the spread here. Let's make our picks for the divisional round weekend. Matt got first pick of the games last week, so I'm going to take first pick of the games this week. I am taking New England covering the four at home in some weather, 8-0 at home, 7-0 lifetime, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady. Uh, I think it has all the makings of the, like, really, again, Patriots mm-hmm. type moment. They're back uh, on like, track. Yeah. Um, four is a big number, I think, for the Patriots in any game this year, but it's playoff Patriots. 
of these four lines, this one looked the safest to me. I'm taking New England cover in the four. Yeah, we were talking earlier, and I think both kind of agreed the, the weather really made it, made me a lot more comfortable taking those four. If it were supposed to be you know, a nicer day, you could see Phil Rivers covering that four. But in, in the snow in Foxborough in the playoffs, that's a that's a tough ask, especially after traveling to Baltimore and back again last week. They, that, that's a lot of travel for them. Uh, yep. My first pick is uh, also on that Sunday. Pains me to do it, but the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles getting seven and a half. I know New Orleans is great. I know they're great at home. I know what they did to the Eagles in that building earlier this that year. Great, though. Yeah. I don't know if they're that great. We saw them kind of struggling so. towards the end of the year. They're coming off a bye, which means they might start a little bit slow. And I don't think the Eagles are going to win the game, but I think they're pretty good and they're going to keep it close. And I, I guess I'm going to take the Eagles plus seven and a half. Taking the Eagles plus seven and a half. We got a dog. We got a dog pick here. Uh, I did not want to do this because it scares me, but of the other two lines. Neither of us liked the other two lines at all. We both we wanted didn't. to stay away from them. And so I am going with a, uh, a curse-breaking five and a half cover for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it's scary. It's Andy Reid. It's a young quarterback. But it's at Arrowhead, and I still think that you see them in the AFC Championship game. I got KC covering the five and a half. I'm going to go with the Cowboys on the road at L.A. I, I know L.A. is the home team, but Dallas travels and L.A. doesn't really care about you know sports all that much. So I think you're going to see a lot of Cowboys fans in the building. They're not necessarily taking over, but I'm not sure how big of a home field advantage the Coliseum is. And I just... I don't love Dak. I don't love the the Cowboys offense, but they do have Zeke. They do have a great offensive line, and that defense is playing as well as any other unit in football right now. Um, I, I'm going to take the Cowboys. Seven is a lot of points. I know it's on the road, though, uh, at the Rams. So you got Matt taking two dogs, Joe taking two favorites. Think about that. The, the division we talked about is what we thought might be the worst in football at the beginning of the year, the NFC East has yep. two playoff teams that are in decent shape. Okay. Um, just going forward, so there are more picks. Uh, this weekend, we obviously took two games. Next weekend in uh, championship round, we are both going to pick both games. Do blind send picks, those picks, so, yeah. Blind picks to the third party, and then Super Bowl, obviously, blind pick to the mm-hmm. third party as well. Um, but, Can uh, I still that's take the Bears right in the now. Super Bowl? Can I still do it? Yeah, yeah because that would, that would be a... A wasted half game you know, right, that right would be, now. If that's a hill, I will die on, though. Hey, I, I got a TV on in the background. I know we're not really a pop culture. We like to weave the pop sure. culture in. Give Pete Davidson a round of applause. Good for him. Back. Good for him. Back. Kate Beckinsale, Kate Beckinsale. I I saw, right? How about that is a Good for rebound. him. That's, you know, Bravo. It's weird when the rebound is arguably better than the uh, hey, previous. Hey, Pete. Hey, Pete. Thank you. Next, <laughs> am I? Hey, oh, I think you're doing that right. I think you're doing that right. Let's do some buy or sell before I lose my mind here. Oh, I uh, forgot Matt, both of I was them gonna, I was gonna come at you with like another Cody Parkey angle here, but I'm done. Thank you. I'm I didn't done have with to answer it. it. Um, so we're gonna go with a buy or sell. I forgot what I, I can. Let me start. I'll start. Yeah, you. you we just off. talked a little bit of hoops, Joe, and this. I know this game is, was last week and a little bit. Um, in the rear view mirror now, but you watched Warriors Rockets last week, right? I think it was Thursday night. Mm-hmm. That was one of the better games of the season. Both teams the went back and the forth. The, the Rockets after that slow start kind of look like they're the Rockets again. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Paul, not even playing yet. I'm going to ask you buy or sell with, with how the Warriors look and how the Rockets look. The Rockets are the favorites in the West. 
I'm going to sell it for a number of reasons. First and foremost, like you just said, Chris Paul isn't in the fold. And when he comes back, James Harden can't do what he's doing. He can, but that constitutes Chris Paul standing and watching a lot. And Mm -hmm. Chris Paul hates standing and watching. He's a pure point guard. He's a facilitator. James Harden doesn't really come off screens. He's a shot creator. And I think that those guys really don't jive as much as it might look like they do because of the crazy numbers they put up when they're together. I think the way that Houston's doing it right now with James Harden shooting the ball 35 times a night is their path to victory. Can they win other ways? Yes, but it forces James Harden to take less of a domineering role. And I don't know if he wants to do that. I think James Harden loves James Harden more than anyone. That's and that's true. why that that's why that team's fun to watch. I also sell it because the West is so deep right now. Um, I think Golden State is still the favorite, obviously, and you prove until you prove me otherwise that it's going to go through Golden State. Um, there are a number of concrete reasons why they're going to be there at the end of the season, as well as like your fluffy, it's their last go around at Oracle, and they're going to want to do it right and finish uh, with a championship, hanging one last banner. Uh, it could be the last we see a KD. What happens when Boogie comes into the fold, whether that be positive or negative? I still think that the Warriors are the team to beat. And on a night-to-night basis in the West, the competition is so high that I think that we still are yet to see a couple troughs coming here for the Houston Rockets. I think they're a solid two seed because I don't think Denver hangs around at that one seed. I Mm -hmm. think it probably shakes down something along the lines of Golden State, uh, Houston, Denver, and then so on and so forth. What do you you got for me? All right, Matt, buy or sell. Uh, We saw the official opening of the PGA Tour season, and as you said, we are a golf pod. This is a golf Uh, pod through and through. Xander Shoffley winning the Century Tournament of Champions with an absolutely stellar final round. But Rory McIlroy there all weekend. Some flawless golf. You swing love looks to Rory. Have, swing looks to have changed a little bit. I just love the athleticism that I he know, implements just, in his golf swing. He's, you he's love fantastic it. to watch. Buy or sell. And I, from, from your interjection there, I think I know where you're going. But buy or sell. And there's going to be a bonus on the back end. But sure. buy or sell. Rory McIlroy wins a major this season. I can buy that part of it. Uh, I, I think what we saw with him towards the end of last year where he started to figure out a little bit, got a lot better. Uh, he looked really good this weekend. I still, I know he had a little bit of a lull for a, about a season and a half there, but he's still really talented. And th- there, there's four majors. There's four opportunities. One is in Northern Ireland where, you know, that that's that's his backyard. I believe it's, I believe it's Northern Ireland. Yeah, I'm, I'm from America, so I say Northern Ireland. The Northern um, Ireland. The course that I played. I don't know if you remember that, Joe Royal Port Rush. People forget that. Um, you forgot that last week. I did forget that, but then I remembered it. <laughs> and then, notice I said people forget that. Um, I, I think he's going to win one of them. So, yeah, I'll buy that. All right, bonus buy or sell. That major is the Masters. He completes the career Grand Slam. Sell because I already predicted Tiger wins the Masters. Ah, I can't. can't not, only is this a gol- not, not only is this golf pod, Joe, this is a Tiger pod. All right, hit me. Okay, um... Now, this is, this is going to be a, the, the Notre Dame fan of me coming out here, Joe. But after last night's game, after Clemson just pantsed Alabama, won by more than they beat Notre Dame by, not that Notre Dame fan, but not Notre Dame fans should be good, but buy or sell, they should feel already, at least a little bit better Notre about Dame themselves. You're already Notre right now. Buy or sell, they should feel stop a little bit no- better about themselves. Stop Notre Dame-splaining. I'm Losers not, feel better in that situation. So, yes, huh? I think – I don't know what it's like for my football Ryan team Kelly to win. Feels, 
I'm buying the fact that Brian Kelly feels better about the loss now. I don't. Oh, I don't. I don't think, think Notre. Does. I don't think Notre Dame. No, fans no, no. Should. I'm not. I'm not saying him or, or the team. I'm saying fans. Stop loss-splaining. Do fans feel better? Some of them do. Some of them don't. The ones that expect this team to win don't. Yeah, that's fair. I don't feel, uh, I I don't feel better. I think it's a I just, stupid angle. It was yes, spins we on my own brain. I told myself we may so be, I could feel better, but deep down I don't feel better. We maybe have got a, a, we got a better look at why it went, how it went, but there's no excuse for the Notre Dame performance uh, on that given night. Yeah. We'll talk. I think it just later. I think it just goes to show how important your mental approach to the football game is. I think that Notre Dame was defeated before they went into that game against I, the Clemson see, team that would have beat them even if they weren't defeated. I think you get two evenly matched teams in Alabama and Clemson. Clemson coming in with a sharper mental approach. I don't think Clemson was that much better than Alabama. I do think Clemson was that much better than Notre Dame. It's just how Notre Dame and Alabama approached the game mentally. Both of them were defeated before the kick, and I think that it showed in the final score. I still, uh, again, I didn't mean to turn this into a breaking down Notre Dame's loss again because that ripped my heart out. I think more than anything, that not last night, I think last night was totally a, a mental approach type thing. I, I think Clemson was ready to play. I think Alabama just kind of thought they were going to go ahead and win. Um, I think for me, the Notre Dame, the Cotton Bowl showed how much more deep that these programs are, these Alabamas, Clemsons, Georgias, to an extent where, I mean, Notre Dame's offense was never really around, but for, for the first quarter, for the first little while until Notre Dame's defense started getting hurt, you saw them hanging around. You, I think they held Clemson to the fewest first quarter yards they've had all year. They, they played fine. They were still going to lose the game, but they were keeping themselves in it. And then one injury happens, and all of a sudden it, is, it was over. Notre Dame had Julian Love go down, and at that point, the game was over. That shows you, whereas Clemson loses their top defensive lineman. Oh, no problem. We have a four-star fifth-year senior who has like six sacks already this year. He's just going to come in and plug up the middle. And that, that to yeah. me, like you have such deep talent in these programs, these Clemsons, these Alabamas, these Georgias, that if you lose a top guy, okay, whatever. We have another one behind him who would be starting on your team anyway. So let's go. Let's move on. Uh, Matt, don't want to talk about it anymore. Matt, I don't have another one for you. So let's, That's okay. uh, we, got our, we got our first we got a mail bag of 2019. Parker. Uh, thanks, Parker Carroll. Smart guy. He was, he was arguably as broken. He was arguably, caller. he was as broken up as we were. He was actually in Vegas uh, for the Bears game. So he also lost himself a lot of money, I believe, on it. That's neither here nor there. Um, he wants, he wants us to give him some advice on some things we can get into outside of sports. Cause we, we, Sports just breaks your heart, Joe. That's all it does. What, what are, what are mean, some things? What do you mean are, outside of sports? Just some things we can be fans of that aren't sports that won't break our heart, Joe. There are like, things that aren't sports? Yeah. Well, you can take up cooking. Okay. You can be you know, a chef. That yeah, won't, that won't like, break your heart. But you want to be the best at yeah, cooking. Yeah, so then go like be the sport. best at cooking. So it's like a sport. It's not a sport, though. It <laughs> won't break your heart. You know, I don't have – I'm not a, a – Read the question. I just read the question. What are some things that we can, you know, be fans of that we can adopt that we can take up that won't rip our heart out of our chest on a Sunday afternoon when I'm at work and Cody Parkey double doinks it. Cooking's a good one. Um, Weather out here is about to turn and it's going to be beautiful. Um, So I think if you're a hiker, you could hiking could be good. I know we're still a couple couple months break a heart. True. I, I know we're still a couple of months off in the mid, for the Midwestern hiking season and the terrains don't exactly uh, call for it, but Hiking, you could hike. Uh, um, you can do. I, I, I think being a drone guy would be interesting. You, you, drones, you just be real into guy. drones. Become like, a you, drone guy. Because those, I mean, you see uh, people. You know the, the footage they can get with drones. You, you fly the adopt drone a lot, around. Adopt a lot of cats. You do or dogs. Sounds like 
Or sounds a like a handful. You, you no, can but a, a dog. Parker's got a dog. Everyone, like we Great got dog. the dog thing down. Great if you're dog. looking for like a new thing to do, okay. get ten cats. That would be Go get it, ten especially cats mixed in and just with see the how your dog, life changes. Mixed in with the dog, that could be interesting. But I then, think the honestly, cat dog thinks fake news. I've never seen cats and I like. I have. I have no, a cat. No, but I feel dog. like if you get ten of them. And then you yeah, have one dog. Like, you know, the dog is going to be mob mentality. Yeah, the dog's going to be want to be like the, the. He's the king of the house. So yeah, this is my mm-hmm. house, queen of the house. If it's female dog, it's 2019. Um, but you've got 10 cats. Like they might want to be like, hey, who's this guy who thinks he runs I, everything? Let's go get it. Then it turns into a sport, though, and you might pick sides, and you know, you find yourself rooting for one. If your team loses, then you know you're you're upset again. I think to answer this question accurately, movies. You could watch movies. It's got to be something like movies. It's got to be something you can fully immerse yourself in and forget about the pain that was yeah. the Cody Parkey mess because that's just going to keep coming up. Um, what, what can you do? What are some you other can, hobbies? Fishing? Uh, I know fishing, not competitive fishing because yeah, that's a sport, but you can that's be a, a sport, fisher. yeah. No, that's why I said not competitive fishing. Um, um, yoga? You can, really you, you can take, be a yoga guy. You can get really flexible. Deep dive uh-huh. into yoga. Yeah. Um, has its benefits. Joe is a Pilates guy. He's similar, but down there. I went to Pilates twice. Yeah, you love. Uh, I was a, I was legit a yoga it. guy for about three years there, and just can't find the classes. Yeah. Can't find the time. You know, it's tough. You, you can get it on um, YouTube. You know, you can find like yeah, YouTube but yoga like classes. I, there's nothing like being in the in the hot room. You know, wall to wall, just getting that work in with others. Um, it, it's it's about the camaraderie. Yeah, that's fair. Um, about the namaste and and whatnot. Uh, I, I would suggest so yeah, you can become yoga, a book guy, but I'm never going to yoga, read, cooking, books, cats. No, we're not going to um, read. Uh, I mean, there's got to be uh, other stuff. Oh, you know, people when they play it, it's a sport though. What's wrong with it? I was gonna say racquetball. You get like way into racquetball. You could uh, you um, could take up the guitar. Guitar's hard. I tried. Yeah, I literally like, have it, a good. I know. I have a guitar hard. in my apartment that I've tried to learn. But here's for like thing. six months at a time, like ten different times. But here's the thing: that's going to take up a lot of your time. Then a long time. Like it's not something like. I'll pick up the guitar a month later. I've learned it and mastered it. No, like that's going to take a couple of years. That's going to occupy a lot of your time. That means that you won't can get have to you through more. Yeah, yeah. get you through future you bears. You won't have to think of something through at least the 2021 playoff heartbreak. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, crosswords. I've become very fond okay. of crosswords. Okay. In, you know, most of my flights the, in the past the brain were going. Sudoku. Yeah, maybe most as of my well. flights in the past were hour and a half, two hour flights, Chicago to Florida, Chicago to Cancun, four tops. Now that I'm flying from the West Coast places, you find yourself waking up out of that 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 nap that mm-hmm. you, that you often get. I get the takeoff nap, but I can never stay asleep. Yeah, you through can't sleep that long unless I'm really tired. You pop up, knock out a couple crosswords, stimulate the mind. There you go. Um, so cross-country crosswords, I think, would that's, be my final answer. That's confusing with the amount of times you say cross, but I do like that. Um, what about trains? You can get really into trains. Oh, like people are into trains. You're now they resonating like, with Joe Sr. there. They have, jump cross, a train they have some cross-country train Yuma. options. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? You be a train no. guy. You can explore it a little bit. You can get into the inner workings of trains. You can see some great no. scenery. Get me to my Maybe destination some hikes now. along the way. Yeah, but again – Flights only take a couple hours. Trains take a couple weeks. Takes your takes your mind off sports, Joe. Creative writing. Creative writing. You can be an author. That's it. Parker, no one's more creative than you. Our final answer is you become a creative writer of non-sports topics. You become a creative writer who owns 10 cats, who loves to play racquetball and do yoga. And owns as drones. Well as cook and owns drones. He, take, he gets drone footage of all of it. And yep. um, That's, a, good, that's a great usage of the drone. Uh, do we have any other mailbag, Matt, or can we say goodbye? Or, we got like 
Manny, we, we touched on it briefly. Manny Machado's not a White Sox yet, but there was a players, there was a Players Tribune article and everyone's best friends or something. Yeah, they signed. Well, obviously, you know, they traded for his brother-in-law, Yonder Alonso, and then last night they signed John Jay uh, in 2017. Yon Exactly. That's how they say it in Miami. Miami, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. Mijami. Mijami, <laughs> if you will. Uh, but in 2017, the, that offseason, Manny Machado, Yonder Alonso, and John Yon Ye. Um, co-authored a, a Players' Tribune article basically about training together in the offseason, playing baseball with your brothers. So the, the White Sox are doing everything they can here. They're putting the full-court press on. doesn't mean it's going to work, but um, they, they're still very much in it, and the Yankees aren't apparently offering as much money as people might thought. So you never know. You never know. But with, with what we think might – with the way this is leaning, he's probably just going to come out of nowhere and sign with the Phillies and do what nobody expects. And Philly will just rip my heart out again. If we're on free agent topics that we're sure. coming out of order here, Love have you, did you listen to the or watch the uh, A Rod Big Cat interviews with people? Oh, I, I, I've listened to uh, two of them now uh, because have I'm you listened to the Kobe one. I have not yet. I'm saving that one because I think that's going to be the best. I'm, I'm basically saving that one for last. Um, the so two Kobe, I've listened to are Gary V, who is like the media entrepreneur. I thought very he was good one. very, very, very good, good but also Francesa the most... Francesa was good. For, I, the first one I listened to was Francesa because, above all, I'm not sure if you know this about me. It might because I started a sports podcast. I'm a sports <laughs> radio nerd. Um, I absolutely love it. I listen to as much of it I can get and like learning from those guys, like the guy who's been on top of it for as long as I can remember. Uh, yeah. That, to me, was, was a fascinating show. That's been my favorite one I've listened to so far. Well, uh, the reason I was getting at that was because Kobe confirmed that both in 04 and 07, he wanted oh, to I, the Bulls. He was ready to I, come to the Bulls. They I were saw looking that. at houses. They were I looking at... They were looking at freaking, uh, which we call it, schools for the kids. Mm-hmm. They had jerseys made. Like it was, yep, it was, was a done deal. So he was coming, and then we couldn't. So Manny trade. Machado looking couldn't give up Luol Deng. So that was why we didn't have Kobe Bryant. Hashtag Dang years, but uh, that's going to do it. I think for the Moose and Roots podcast, episode Ooh, eighty-seven. One more fun tidbit. Uh, you probably saw it. This is randomly Just let us back die. to Chicago. Let us die. No, this will be funny. Okay. This will get everybody laughing. The Timberwolves fired Tom Thibodeau. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the rumored replacement candidates is Fred Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg, wow. That would really, be LOL. Speaking really of, come in full circle. Speaking of LOL coaching hires, the Green Bay Packers' new head coach, uh, Peter LaFleur. Of Matt the, LaFleur? No, it's Peter LaFleur. Peter of, LaFleur? Uh, the Titans. Of, no, it is Matt LaFleur. But I was saying it's gym. Peter LaFleur of the Average Joe's Gym. Um, perfect stepping stool for uh rogers to walk all over and make hate him but uh we're we're just completely off the rails at this point do you think um, one last prediction and then we're out of here yeah 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 is vic fangio a the bears defensive coordinator or God, the broncos so. head coach at the end of the week because i think it's i don't think anyone too. wants i don't think anyone wants to work for for john elway and I think that Vic Fangio's personality lends nicely to a coordinator. I don't know if he has the vibrato to be a head coach. Whether he takes a job or not, that has, uh-huh. uh, I don't think that has any bearing on it. But uh, bearing one nice. hopes, one hopes that he is the Bears defensive coordinator next year. I think it's down to those two options. I'm not sure because Miami backed out. Obviously, Green Bay made their hire. Uh, I, I'm with you. I still think he's here, but that that's the one job I can kind of see him taking. I've, often, I've said throughout the year he's not leaving for just any job. He'd leave for what he might see as the perfect fit. And with mm-hmm. how the, the talent they have on defense in the front office there, I could see it, but I still think he's here. I think he has unfinished that's- business. At least I hope he does. 
unfinished bearsness. Got it. Nice. That's it. Episode 87 in the books. Thanks for uh, sticking with us, you guys. Hopefully that you're uh, coping better than we are. And if not, we hope you helped you cope a little bit. That's we'll try and be more energetic next week, but I doubt it. Yeah. I don't know. I might wear like yellow or something. I need like a bright color. To- we'll, we'll talk drones next week. <laughs> From here on out, it's a drone podcast. We're a golf pod, a drone pod, um, and drone, a mailbag pod. So as always, send us those mailbag questions. Parker, thank you. This week, we want more next week. We'll talk to you guys soon. That's it for episode 87. For Matt, I'm Joe. We'll see you there. We'll see you on another time. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.